Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about another episode of our podcast. And as a reminder, we started this podcast to highlight local stories of faith and sports and also local ministries we partner with and volunteers. And today I'm extremely honored for you to hear a conversation with one of my friends and faithful volunteers, Erin Olson. I've known Erin and her family for um, a couple years now, and she's an author, speaker, and founder of Sandal Feet Ministries, which you'll hear more about in our conversation. She's married to Scott, and they have three kids. Their entire family have been faithful prayer partners and supporters of All In Sports Outreach since we began in 2015, and now faithful volunteers here in Dallas. So I'm so excited for you to hear her story and our passion for Christ and sharing God's love with with others. So without further delay, let's jump right into that conversation. Thanks for joining me today, Erin. Thanks for having me. You bet. So let's start with you telling a little bit about your story, kind of where you grew up, your family history. Hmm. Well, that's a complicated question, only because, let's see, my father was in the Air Force during Vietnam, so I was born in Guam on a a Navy base, I guess, in the Navy hospital there. Um, They divorced when I was two, so after Guam, we moved to Florida. Then uh, they, like I said, they divorced. My mom met my stepfather. Uh, We moved to Massachusetts, where my mom was from. We moved to California, where my stepdad was from, back to Massachusetts, back to California. And then I landed in Dallas about um, 17 years ago. So how did, what brought you to Dallas? Um, I knew I was not a, a California girl, so I visited, let's see, I visited Dallas Memorial Day weekend, 1998, and through a mutual friend, and then by July 4th of 98, I had packed up my car and all my belongings and moved to Dallas without a job, without friends, without family, without anybody, and uh, started out for a new adventure. Wow. So... Your faith journey, did you grow up in the church or around any faith journey at home? I did. I grew up going to church. Um, that was one thing I was grateful for. Uh, ever since I can remember, we belonged um, to a church. My parents were you know, somewhat involved in the church. They did the treasury, so they helped count the offering after mm-hmm. service. Um, about the time I was probably in high school, uh, my parents had, my mom and my stepdad had always kind of struggled. They weren't, it wasn't a very good marriage. And so, um, as many teenagers do, I started to rebel when they were having trouble. Um, they got a little bit away from church. Once I got my driver's license, I wasn't required to go to church. Yeah. And so probably at the time when I needed church the most, I was able to get away from the church. Uh, and something I wish probably wouldn't have happened. But so I did grow up going to church. I knew about God. Um, I didn't grow up in an evangelical church, so that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I knew the Bible. I didn't own a Bible until eighth grade, but I never opened it. It was too complicated to understand it because the Bible says that we can't understand the Bible unless we have the Spirit in us, and I didn't have the Holy Spirit in me. So owning a Bible and knowing your Bible, two totally different things. And so um, I was grateful that I grew up going to church, so I never... I never rejected God. I just Mm -hmm. didn't really understand why I needed him in my life. Uh, So what point in your life did you realize that you needed that personal relationship? It really wasn't until um, 2008. So I, um, you know, I look back even, I had prayer journals talking to God and crying out to him. I mean, obviously in times of need, but other times just having a conversation with him. I found some old prayer journals when I was pregnant with my first son back in 2001. And, um, you know, we, we got, 
we were going to church even. I mean, goodness, I was teaching Sunday school to children without really accepting Christ as my Savior. Wow. So that's a warning to parents listening that you need to know who who's teaching your children and don't just rely on the church to raise up your kids, but that's an aside. But um, so I, it was really 2008. I mean, when from the outside, it would look like I had everything. I had, a, you know, three kids. I had a great a marriage from the outside. looked great. Um, beautiful house. My husband was successful, but uh, it was a time that God started working on me, really started working on me. The enemy was actually pursuing me more at the time mm. than I thought God was. And so out of my desperation, I was searching, searching for answers. And by the grace of God, he sent someone to speak a word of knowledge to me that um, got my attention. And it was then that I decided and, and really understood that I needed Christ as my Savior. And so I, I accepted him and said, you know, from that point, whatever and wherever. Wow. And so I mentioned in the intro shortly after you've started a, a ministry. Mm-hmm. So at what point in this new walk with Christ did you feel called to start this ministry? And um, tell us a little bit about the name of it. Well, you know, really, it was from that moment, that night, when I said that prayer. Um, I said the prayer of salvation in the evening of, I can remember it, August the 7th. And it was after midnight when we went to bed, August the 8th, when I laid in bed for a couple hours, just kind of crying out to God and saying, you know, there is so much more that um, I need, and and it's not just about that prayer that I prayed just a few hours ago, but I need you more, and I pursued him, and I really feel like that was what changed everything. I think if I had left it at the table with that prayer of salvation and went about my business, I don't think my life would have been the same hmm. because I think it was that conversation that flipped the switch, and so literally it was from that day that I got home that everything Everything was different. I saw things differently. And so I, even from that minute, I was like, okay, how can I, what does ministry look like for me? And so uh, it was probably in, it was in 2010 that I started seminary. So not, not there long after I, I uh, started following Christ fully. I started seminary. It was kind of despite my husband because <laughs> he likes TV and I like to read. And so I'm like, I'll show you. I'm going to, I'm going to read and I'm going to be required to read. So I'm going to enroll in seminary. And so I enrolled in seminary. And then when I got done with that, I still didn't know for me what ministry looked like. So I was a stay-at-home mom. That's what I did. That was my full-time job. And so in January of 2012, I launched a blog and it's uh, called Sandal Feet Ministries. And when I was praying about what that looked like, um, I, you know, I thought about, I just thought about Jesus washing people's feet and that we are to be the hands and feet. And it reminded me of the scripture, Isaiah 52, 7. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who share the gospel. And that's really what it's a call to, that we're called to share the gospel, live it out. And so Sandal Feet was birthed in and just kind of went from there. So what what would you say is the mission statement or the purpose of Sandal Feet? I know you do a couple different things. So what's the main purpose of it? Yeah, my main purpose really is kind of my tagline. It's equip, encourage, and evangelize. So I really want to equip believers or equip people who are sitting in church pews that aren't even, they were like me. They weren't believers. They were just Christians or churchgoers. But to equip them 
with material and resources um, to really dig into their Bible. Because like I said, until you dig into your Bible, you don't know God and you don't know who you are in Christ and you don't know why you need Christ and why you need to share the gospel. So part of that is equipping. The other part is really just encouraging. A lot of people get beat down in their walk with Christ and I just want to encourage them, um, you know, through scripture and through stories, uh, through experiences, and then to evangelize, you know, by Hopefully, by happenstance, somebody that doesn't know Christ will come across sandal feet and hear the gospel and understand it and receive it. That's awesome. So, you're also you mentioned married kids. You also homeschooled three kids, yeah. overseeing a ministry. So, what are some challenges of balancing being a wife, being a mom, homeschooling, being involved in a, in a leader of the local church, but also overseeing a ministry? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot because like I said, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't leave a career to move into ministry. So it's not an either-or. So I have to figure out what does that look like for my family. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of children in the church get left behind by their parents who do ministry because mm-hmm. they forget their first call, take mm-hmm. care of the home. And so, um, but at the same time, I don't want my children to see that life's all about them. So there's that balance where, yes, I'm called to serve you uh, because God has given me children as a gift, has given me marriage. So I serve my family. There, you know, it's 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 God, my husband, my children. Then it's ministry. But. My ministry is my family, mm-hmm. so I need to take care of them. If, if I'm reaching out to the lost, I have to remember my three children, you know, they were lost too, and they need to be shepherded, and if I'm not going to do it, who is? Mm. So it's a balance because I need to show my children too that it's it's called servanthood for a reason. You know, I'm serving them, um, and I need to be more joyful than I am some days probably, but uh, that it's hard and that I need to also teach them and show them. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go. So when they're older, they won't depart from it. So I'm training them to be little servants, you know, so as they watch me, um, hopefully they're learning what it means to serve too often, I think, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but too often, I think that people leave their families to go serve without taking their children with Mm. them. And children come to despise God because they feel abandoned by their parents. So it's balance. So what impact has all that had on your family, if any? Good, bad? Well, I'm hoping that it's good. I'm hoping that, I mean, I I see light at the end of the tunnel. I see my children serving in many different capacities, even when they don't really recognize that it's serving because serving isn't, isn't, something that has to be difficult, Mm -hmm. that it has to be like, oh, I can't believe I have to go do that again. Serving is fun. You know, if we're serving the Lord, it's fun. So, um, and, and it, and it gives to us as much as we give to others. So I'm hoping that it impacts them by, this is a legacy that they continue to do when they become adults. Very good. So one of the aspects of Sandal Feet and one of your gifts is writing. You've got a couple books out and Mm -hmm. just recently released a new Christmas devotional. Um, and kind of talk about the story behind that book and um, what made you write an Advent or Christmas devotional. Yeah. Well, it's called Simplify the Season, um, and it's Rediscover Christ Through Advent. And uh, my little tagline is actually Christmas through Advent, but I, Christ, I crossed out the miss because mm-hmm. we really need to rediscover Christ through Christmas. I think too much 
has left out Christ. And, and I mean, we get caught up in it, right? There's parties and there's decorations and there's food and there's all of that. And, and even it's November and my children are already giving me their Christmas list. And mm-hmm. I was joking with them the other day and, and I said, it's Jesus's birthday. It's not your birthday. You know, <laughs> what are you giving to Jesus for Christmas? You know? And so, um, it's just, it's just that it's just, everything is just overwhelming. And so it's just about becoming, um, returning back to the simple. It's about Christ. And I wrote a Lent devotional, sit Mm -hmm. at his feet. And so I thought it was a nice bookend because a lot of Christians, um, they may not share the gospel 365 days out of the year. You know, they're Christmas and Easter people. That's Mm -hmm. when they go to church. And I figure, where's my big audience? And, And if I can reach somebody with Christ, whether they're a Christian or not, through the season of Lent and through the season of Advent, those are the two most times where people are the most receptive to, you know, things of Christ. So kind of a bookend for me. Well, I'm excited about, about it this year. I know we've, our family's already got our copy, and I know we could use the reminders of simplifying the season for mm-hmm. sure. So if somebody's listening, is interested in a copy, how can they get a copy of that? Yeah, they can. Um, it's available through major retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, things like that, and also available through my website, sandalfeet.org. Awesome. So sandalfeet.org. So let's shift for a moment. I mentioned in the intro about your family you know, being great prayer partners and volunteers with our organization, mm-hmm. All In Sports Outreach. What drew you and your family to be interested in All In Sports Outreach initially? Well, first of all, we love your family. So that was, that was easy, right? Um, it's easy to see and get excited about something when you see somebody else excited about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was easy for us. Uh, obviously, we started out slowly in the beginning. Um, I think we were financial contributors mm-hmm. first. And, and then Spencer, my oldest, he came and sang last Christmas through mm-hmm. one of the Sunday outreaches. And, and then my husband, um, Scott, you know, he's taken the youngest one to a couple of the camps. Mm-hmm. And so um, for us, that, that drew me. I'm always looking for, there was a season in my life where I did a lot of charity work. As a stay-at-home wife, that's what we think we're supposed to do. And it was either charity work or volunteer at the school. And, but those two things for me at that time, I couldn't take my children to any of those events. Mm -hmm. It was all about me. So I would leave my children to go do something good. But then my son, my oldest one, he got the brunt of it. He started resenting the charity work. And so I thought this is not good. And so, and even school events, you can't always as a volunteer, bring your younger children to that. And so um, I've always looked for ministries where we can participate as a whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's certain things that I do that they can't do, but it's about all of our gifts. And if right. we can bring them all to the table, I mean, Spencer gets to use his gift to help you all with your website. Absolutely. And um, Grace just, you know, she gets to just be there and, and I don't know, smile. But she, um, you know, she gets to serve and it's good because they can learn where they fit in and, and we can all be helping the ministry in our own ways. So that's what I want to encourage them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you guys have been faithful weekly volunteers for six or seven months now with our neighborhood outreach. Mm -hmm. So is there a highlight or something that sticks out to you over the last couple months? Yeah, I think for me, just the highlight of, you know, the the children coming up to us each and every week saying that this is their church. Mm. You know, we've talked about that before, but it's... Um it's, they don't get to actually go to a church building. So for them to say that this is their church, I mean, that's a high calling. That's a major responsibility. Is, because you need to, one, 
who's ever teaching the word that day needs to be responsible in preparation, but also we need to be good witnesses when we're there. Um, so if you're playing kickball, you need to play fair. You need to, you know, it's not just about hanging out with some kids and loving on them, but it's being a representative because we are their church. And, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's a big responsibility, but I think that's been a highlight, just being able to participate in their faith life that way. Yep. So I know for our family, the same thing. And it is some, some weeks it does feel like a heavy weight Mm -hmm. when you ask them what church they go to and they point to you. It's like, whoa, yeah, (laughs) let's play kickball. Right. So, so, um, you've talked a lot about. Um, encouraging kids to serve, mm-hmm. you know, what advice would you offer a parent that's listening that um, maybe has a kid that's struggling to live out their faith or maybe mm-hmm. the parent doesn't know how to encourage their kid yeah. um, to live out their faith? How would you encourage the parent? I think always look at your child's strength instead of their weakness. If they have a gift, allow them to use it. Yeah. Find a place for them to serve in that capacity. Just because they're eight doesn't mean they can't serve. Um, they can do whatever. They're eager at that age. They want to do. They're doers. Kids are doers and pleasers, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So they want to be doing. If you just take them somewhere and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm working, even if you're taking them with you to volunteer, but you don't allow them to participate, it's not good because you sit them down in a chair while you go do. Mm-hmm. And you're basically saying, I can, but you can't. So encourage your child to do whatever it is. If you're, if you're serving as a family and it's a, and other families there, even if they're not doing a whole lot, just be nice to somebody. Go up and talk to somebody that you've never spoken to before, whatever that might be. But make sure that everybody in the family is serving, not that they're watching you serve, but let them do what they're called to do. No, that's good. I know it impacts our family. We kind of did that shift a couple of years ago of realizing that if we serve as a family, it'll... You know, it'll bring our family together. And it has, you know, there was a time when I would go serve or Sarah would go serve mm-hmm. and the kids were at home. Yeah. And we realized that's really not a good model. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. All right. So back to sandal feet for a moment. Um, yeah. If somebody is interested in um, having you come speak, I know we've talked about books, but you also do speaking. How would they, how would they contact you or um, about speaking? Um, it just, they can log on uh, to sandalfeet.org. There's um, some resources on there. There's a place to contact me to, to for a booking. Um, there's some, I have some free Bible studies on there, some free discipleship material, things like that. Um, so it's not all for profit. Um, and I'd hope to offer some more free resources later on as well, but uh, it all can be accessed through sandalfeet.org. Awesome. So there's one more book you're in the process of writing. Um, the title Spiritual Orphans. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in hearing kind of background on that and a little bit about that book and why that book and why now. Well, um, it started that that word spiritual orphan came to me in May right after the bombing in Manchester, England. Mm. And just people were so angry and people are so hate-filled when they respond to anything of terrorism, which is understandable, but Instead of looking at the person behind the terrorism, we're looking at the act itself. Mm. And so I think that if we start seeing everything that's occurring in the physical as a spiritual problem as opposed to a physical problem, we as believers should view people differently. So it's, it's our responsibility. If someone's acting like a terrorist, if someone is acting out, like we saw in Sutherland Springs recently, mm-hmm. um, while I'm sure many reached out to him, but we need to see that as a spiritual problem. So spiritual orphans, we're all at one point in our life a spiritual orphan without God the Father. And anytime that word orphan is used in scripture, it is, uh, it's the Hebrew word, but it's 
references being fatherless. Mm. So if we start, we would never leave an orphan on the side of the road and just walk by them. So why would we walk around every day and leave spiritual orphans just out to fend for themselves? And it goes back to, you know, if you, a famous atheist said, you know, how much do you have to hate a person not to share the gospel with them if you believe that it's true? Mm. So if we start seeing everybody as an orphan without the father, um, as opposed to seeing them as a problem, and as seeing them as an opportunity, then maybe it would shift our tide. Instead of just throwing hate and blame as believers, we need to love and have peace within ourselves and not be afraid of others. We need to go after them instead of running from them. That's good. I know, man. I know if you turn any news station or even social media, look at the way Christians do react. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, wait, we're claiming we love God, but yet there's hate in our response. That's very good. So when, when do you think the book will be out? Well, it's not a very Christmassy book, you know, and I don't think many people are are, are worried about these things during Christmas, unfortunately. So it'll be out, you know, first quarter 2018, maybe after people have had the turkey coma die off and (laughs) (laughs) all the Christmas ornaments are packed away, you know, right before Easter, hopefully, so we can grab people's attention. That's good. I think it's it's much needed, and I think it'll be an incredible resource for, for believers that are uh, really wanting to impact our cultures. We talk a lot about how messed up the culture is. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to impact this? That's good. Yeah, what responsibility do we have? Right. Yeah. Not just sit there and say how bad it is right. and look to the government to fix it, but what if we did view people as fatherless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could truly change it. Right. I believe that. Right. All right, so the last question, it's one that everybody um, so far um, answers. We talk about it in all the podcasts, you know, the name of the organization, All In Sports Outreach, the first two words, All In. It's mm-hmm. huge in sports. Every, uh, not every, but a lot of college and high school pro teams use that as their rally cry. And every camp we do, we talk to the kids about what it means. And from Colossians 3.17, no matter what you're doing, word or deed, mm-hmm. you know, do it as you're doing for Christ. So what does that mean to you and uh, in your personal walk with Christ? What does it mean to be all in? Well, all in means to be either on fire or completely cold. Jesus warns us not to be lukewarm. So to be all in doesn't allow for any lukewarmness. And so um, to be all in means like sold out. You know, I'm, I'm called to do something and I'm going to do it with everything I have every day, every minute. Sometimes I wish I could turn it off. And you know, even when I'm on vacation, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to write or, or how I can be more godly or how can I be nicer to people when I'm on vacation, even when I want that break. But it's, but it's like you have a short amount of time here on earth and you've got to walk it out and people are dying. And so it just means that to be all in. When I prayed that prayer that night, when I laid in bed on August the 8th, you know, if I told God wherever and, and whatever, did I really mean it? you know, or, or not. And at that time I was all in. So when things get hard, I can't take my all in away. I have to remain steady and constant and rely on Christ for strength. I heard a guy uh, talk the other day about his response. He was a fairly new believer when he got diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he said he was ready to kind of turn on God because of that. And he said his pastor sat down and said, it is trust God, period. Right. Good or bad. And so he showed the picture of rocks in his backyard trust God period I, you know it just was a reminder to me that you know like you said whether you're on vacation or in the heart of ministry it is it's it's every day it's every moment mm-hmm. and, and I know something I've struggled with in the past but you know yeah. I'm grateful that 
finally understand that hot or cold. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. I know um, I'm always encouraged by your blogs and um, just being around your family. So thank you for um, joining and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. You bet. And as always, we thank everybody who's listening. Um, we always love hearing from you. The feedback is always incredible. So you can find us on Facebook, All In Sports Outreach. You can contact us there, find out any and everything you want to know about us. Non-Facebook users, you can visit our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, contact us there. Um, stay in touch with what's going on with the ministry and um, continue to share these podcasts with your family and friends. And until next time, thank you.